welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name's Clint, and I have two special guests with me today. If you guys would introduce yourselves, and we'll get into it. My name is Drew. My name is Dave, but Drew, I'm loving the mustache. <laughs> I mean, I just... Thank you. What it looks good. What prompted you to do the mustache thing? Well, my wife loves to plan and prepare for fanfare, and in light of Halloween coming. Uh, she was very concerned about our costumes, and I am going to be Luigi. I've had a couple chances to play Luigi from the Mario world already, and uh, so my stash is here to stay for at least a few more days. You look like a 65-year-old man. Mm. Some say I look good. I know you do. I tried good. it when I was 23, and I was told I looked like a predator, someone on Internet Watchdog, so I promptly uh, removed it. Yeah. Well, continued clean-shaven. Uh, it's nice to sit next to you with the mustache. Thank you for that anecdote. Right. Well, welcome back to our uh, ongoing series where we kind of introduce the congregation to an upcoming series, uh, sermon series that we're going through. And this one's kind of unique because actually all throughout this year, uh, we've been, kind of the theme has been sent. We did two other uh, series earlier in the year, and now this will be the third installment, uh, Sent, colon, Living as Sent People. It'll be a four, uh, four-week series. And Drew, you came up with the the big themes throughout those three series. Maybe you could just give us a brief review. Yeah, get us caught up to speed. Yeah, Yeah, so in January, we started with a series called Meeting the Missionary God, and we looked at the significance of the incarnation of Jesus, that uh, in the person of Jesus, God puts on flesh and he makes himself known Mm. in a really incredible way. And uh, we looked at how the nature of the fact that God makes himself known, demonstrating his character, his convictions, his values, um, that provides us with a bit of a framework for the type of people we should be if we're going to follow the example of that God who goes to the world he so desperately loves. We moved from there to meeting the missionary church. I'm so sorry, becoming the missionary church. There you go. I did write the series. And so that was looking at, in light of that missionary God who we're following that's revealed in Jesus, how do we reflect that as his people, as his family, as the ones who are gathered uh, under the name of Jesus, so the church. And then now we're finally moving to a little bit more of an individual look as the individual people and families who make up the church, how do we live as people who are sent, just like our Savior Jesus was sent? And what's to the us? motivation behind doing this? Uh, not only this series, but in particular, like having three themed series throughout the year. What what did you really want our congregation or uh, whoever? happens to find this on the internet. So this is pretty specific in many ways to our congregation, although I think it's valid for for many more than our congregation. We have a vision that we want to be a church that sends. We want to send every person who calls Heartland their home to the world to share the love of Jesus. And so as we thought about that vision, that's where we want to go. We want to understand together that our identity is about being sent, just like Jesus was sent. We're going to need a particular framework or even, if I dare say, a particular theology to help us along that way. And so this is kind of all touching on um, a vein that's sometimes called missional theology. Mm. And so the idea was um, certainly you could read book after book after book and listen to podcast after podcast after podcast, but could we just give a bit of a surface level introduction to some of those ideas that are why we feel uh, that a compelling vision for us as a church is to be a church that sends. So I'm just thinking like, okay, I was on board with your descriptions of those series, like that all made sense to me. 
I, I can imagine someone thinking like, oh, I guess, yeah, that's kind of obvious. Like, I already kind of get that. I'm a follower of Jesus. I get that I could, I should share God's love. Why, why did you slap a label on it? Oh, that's missional theology. Like, as, a, as opposed mm. to what? Like, what is the other, is there another view out there that's like, nope, we shouldn't do that? Well, I think from my perspective, there are, um, I mean, there are so many of these different types of sort of subcategories of schools of thought that have a, you could have a theology of work. You could talk about atonement theology. There's all these different things. And so the reason why I kind of slap a label on it uh. is to say that as we consider the nature of the church, a, a broader kind of thing called ecclesiology, um, there's all kinds of ideas that we bring with us into the churches that we belong to, that we take part in, that we worship in. And so there's a lot of good to all of that. But I think one of the most common things that we as American Christians often can miss is as consumers who are in a, a society that really values personal choice and personal freedom, it's very easy to approach the church that way as well. This church does what I want. This church meets my needs. This church uh, is mm. a way that I get fed. You sometimes will hear that. Um, but, but what we're really trying to flip here is to recognize that, no, being the church uh, is far less about when you sit in the building. It, it goes beyond that to who you are called to be as you go. And we are sent um, by So is God. it more, like to use a, a big church word, uh, is it more of an ecclesiological kind of a doctrine in that? Area? That's certainly how we've applied it, because we've looked at the incarnation, which would be like a doctrine in itself, mm. and we've kind of looked at how that comes to bear on those who call gotcha. themselves followers of the incarnate one, Jesus the Christ. This is all super heady, but, but yeah, no, I think that's yeah. kind of how it breaks down through the line. You know, I think there's also, um, you know, some people like the average parishioner who wouldn't necessarily understand when we say we want to send everyone. They, they may think, mm -hmm. well, yeah, the church should send pastors and missionaries. Mm -hmm. We should send the people to Africa, and we should send people on short-term mission trips. And I, I think what we're trying to say is, in our 10-year vision, is that, no, we believe every person who calls Heartland their home, in my view, every follower of Christ, mm -hmm. should try to understand where God is sending them. And that's what we're going to try to tease out, yeah. particularly in this, in this last So in series. week one, what I like to do in these kind of episodes is walk through each week the big idea, maybe a little bit of the scripture being used, and just get at some things that you may not have time to really dive into in a on a Sunday morning and just kind of as a teaser, like, hey, come check out. If you found this interesting, come join us on a Sunday morning. So for week one, the big idea is that we are all sent to share the love of Jesus with the world. Mm -hmm. Acts 1, 1 through 11, the ascension story. Yeah, uh, Acts 1 is great. Well, the whole book of Acts, yeah. the Acts of the Apostles, is fantastic. And in Acts 1, you know, Luke starts off and he talks about Theophilus, who he's writing to, and then he gets into this idea, um, is it verse 8, I think, Acts yep. 1, 8, mm -hmm. that he's sending us out into Jerusalem, to, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Um, and this whole idea, it, it begins right here after the gospel story, after the resurrection, um, you know, as Christ is, is going back up to be with the Father, then he's going to send his Holy Spirit down to us. And, you know, you get to that in Acts 2, right, mm -hmm. with the Pentecost. But 
this this is setting it all up in Acts chapter one. Like, what does that mean for us as the church today? Because this is an Old Testament. This is like post resurrection. So, right. how does it apply to us today? And, and one of the cool things about Acts is like we find ourselves. I, th- I think most would agree with this. We find ourselves in the same era as the folks who are written about in Acts. Mm-hmm. Like this is the church era, the era that we now live in. That. Uh, Jesus has come, he's lived, he's been resurrected, he's ascended. One day he will return. Oh, there wasn't always a church. That's right. Like a capital C church, right. you're saying? Yes, okay. and we're so we're in continuity with them. And one thing that's really interesting is uh, in that passage, uh, the disciples ask Jesus, when are you going to return? When are you going to return to restore the kingdom, to set up shop? And he says, hey, that's not for you to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, the date, that's not your concern. You go be my witnesses to mm. the world. Almost this idea that this good news that's come to you, it's not mm-hmm. meant to end with you. Mm-hmm. Go take it to someone else, which fits really well with who we see Jesus being in his ministry on earth. Mm. Yeah. There's that exercise sometimes where you could take a sentence and re-say it by emphasizing a different word, and it kind of like teases out a, nu- a nuance to it. So like, we are all sent to share the love of Jesus with the world. Is that kind of, is that the vein you're going to go for? Like, it's not just a pastor. It's not just my son who's a missionary in Africa. The call of Jesus and what we're getting at in Acts is literally everybody is sent out. And, yeah, and, and I what think, does that really end up looking like? Well, that's, that's what we want to get people thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is what really resonates with me in my heart. Like, I'd like my friend Dave to know that he's not just a plumber in a hospital system, he is sent out by Heartland Community Church and equipped by Heartland Community Church in the name of Jesus to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the people that he's he's uh, rubbing shoulders with, mm-hmm. that he's ministering with every day. And and my friend Dave, I mean, I'm not thinking of some fake person. Like my friend Dave really does get it because he'll say, "I saw so and so from church going into surgery as I was walking down the hall, and I just offered up a prayer for them." because I knew they must be going through something. You know, that, to me, is living as a sent person. Because mm-hmm. um, I could hear someone say, like, when you say, particularly when you say sharing the good news, yeah. that's, I think, informational, like news, mm-hmm. like a news story. Mm-hmm. There's some content that I need to deliver them, some intellectual, some sentences I need to uh, say. And, I I, see. and yeah. I'm just not, I'm sure. not gifted with... I don't have the gift of gab. I can't. Yeah, I can't. It could include articulate that. it all. It, like, are you? Should I just hand out a tract? Here is the gospel <laughs> message, or here's right. a Gideon's Bible. You just mm-hmm. read this, and that has all the information you need. Is that sharing the good news? Well, it certainly does include that sharing the mm-hmm. the message of how there is hope that can be found in Jesus. But I think there's also something to, uh, and this is for us too, right? Even though we are pastors in our own lives, it's not just in those moments where we are sharing. Hey, here here is the good news. Um, and it's not trying to hammer that into every conversation. There are a lot of other ways to go as witnesses who've seen the kind of life that Jesus offers and the kind of life that he invites us into, and to, in the way we live out that life, be good news, um, help people feel the good news, not just hear some words that mean good news. I mean, I think sense. there's better ways than others, right? I mean, there are people who hand out tracts or they go door to door and for me personally, I just don't think that's what, the way God's wired me. I don't personally think it's the most effective way to share the love of Christ. But relationally, so when I, I'll give you a practical example. So like this week, I, I go to a restaurant. I'm out quite often at lunchtime with people. And I'll always, 
I'll always ask what the waiter or waitress's name is who's serving. That. Yeah, you know, that's cool. And then I'll mm-hmm. and then I will I'll just try to be kind to them. Number one, because they got a tough job, you know. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I always try to pray for them. And that doesn't mean I call them over and say, you Can know, you bow hey, your head, yeah. bow your head, get on your knees and pray. But like I will say, hey, you know, this lady's name was Jules. I'll say, God bless Jules today for the way that she's serving us. And like I just, out loud to her. I'll say that in my prayer with the person I'm with. Oh, oh gotcha, know? gotcha. There are times yeah. when the you know when you get to know somebody yep. in a mm-hmm. restaurant or you go back over and over again, they'll come over to my table and say, "Hey, yep. would you would you pray for my kid or would mm-hmm. you pray for this?" And I just think that's an awesome that's way right. to share the love of and God. And I think even just using your example, I think you've ended up doing the wedding for a person who you met in that right. in that role. You know, you it went beyond just this initial small act to where you had more opportunity to bless, to share love. Yeah, there's a relationship. And I, I wasn't like opening my Bible or, you know, sharing the gospel or making them pray this a sinner's prayer or something like that. I was just being kind and being loving as much as possible, you know, being there, being present. And mm. I think I think that's what, you know, at least for me, one aspect of what it means to be sent. I will always try to go to the same a restaurant, mm-hmm. sit in the same section, mm-hmm. you know, um, my neighborhood. I think of I'm sent for whatever reason into my own neighborhood where God has me yeah. right now. And all of my neighbors don't necessarily go to church, don't really know Jesus, but I'm not knocking on their door, pushing. In fact, kind of a funny story. When we first moved in, two of my neighbors showed up, uh, knocked on the door, brought over some muffins or cookies or something, and they just said, hey, just so you know, you heard you're a pastor. So that was interesting because wow. I hadn't even talked to him yet. And we've we've already got good churches. <laughs> like, oh, okay, great, thank you for sharing that. You know, so it was like almost they anticipated me pushing something mm-hmm. on them, and that's why I I just don't. Um, but I want to live in such a way that it attracts them to the good news of Jesus. Hmm. All right, week two: sent people do everything for the glory of God. Yeah. Any thoughts there? Uh, I what, are you think tra- what are you trying to get at? It's pretty impossible. Do I? Like, so, so wait a minute. <laughs> wow. Just, now time out. Yeah. So if I'm a sent person, just I am one, right? Everything I do is for the glory of God? Yeah. So I think what came to mind for me when I was putting this together is trying to just broaden our framework to, to recognize that all those little places you just mentioned are places where um, we can live as people who are sent. And so... Yeah, it's really hard to think about, you know, how do I wash dishes to the glory of God and this and this and this. I mean, I certainly don't think in every activity that I take on in a daily basis through that question. Um, but, but, but we want you to have that mindset. That's right. And, and I think when we look at this passage, because there's this really famous verse, and some of, many of you have probably heard it, but I mean, it, it basically is the verse that says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. But the broader passage here talks about... Um, as one whose life is is hidden with Jesus, whose life is bound up with Jesus, fix your eyes on him and, and clothe yourselves with Christ. And so there's also even an element of when it talks about being uh, a person who's clothed with, clothed with compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. I think that's some of what it means to do everything you do to the glory of God. Bring that kind of person with you who Christ is making you, who you're being transformed into, mm-hmm. Because it does bring him glory as you live that way. Yeah, say more about that glory piece. I don't know. I mean, I I think I kind of get what you're saying. I've been in church for 30-some years. But okay. like yeah, a it's brand a very new churchy like, word, right? Yeah, like, that is a church. What do you mean you brought and I'm glory? Using that word like partly you bowed down to some king or like <laughs> and I'm brought using him that a word gift? Partly because it's in it's in here. But I, I think, like, I guess on a very simple level, 
Um, yeah, so the, you, you just mentioned like bowing down to some king. So when I give glory to something, maybe it's even like a football team. Maybe that means mm. I show up, I've got my pennant, I've got my foam finger, I got my jersey on. I'm gonna scream, and even though I won't be able to talk tomorrow at work because I'm gonna scream the Browns all the way to victory, I'm giving glory there. And so it's similarly mm. living my life in such a way that it, it, it promotes, it, it shows my allegiance, it demonstrates that I respect, I honor, I have lifted up in my life. You're shedding light on something yeah. that's very important. And to so those you. traits, compassion, gentleness, yeah. patience, those yeah. are traits that we're getting from Christ. What I was getting at with the beginning with my dumb little joke was like, but but I have gone to like Browns games. I just went to one last week. And I cheered for the team. Was I doing that like help us understand what I I wasn't doing that for the glory of God, I don't think in the moment. I was doing it for the glory of the Browns. Is there a way I could have been oh, in I that see. setting? And that's what know. that's what we'd like you to think about. You okay. know, so how could that have been? I mean, just the fact that you're aware of that—that's yeah. a great step. Mm-hmm. You know, could I have done that differently? There's this very famous uh, old book yeah. called "Practicing ah. the Presence of yeah, God" you know, by, by Brother Lawrence, and he lived in a monastery. And even you know, you think, oh, he's a monk in a monastery; he must yeah. be super spiritual. But he struggled with the dailiness of life in a monastery, and his job was to wash the dishes yeah. every every single day. And so he talks about how do I how do I do that? How do I do this mundane task for the glory of God? How do I shed light on mm-hmm. God and make Him famous? And you know, just him wrestling with that, I think, is awesome because I, I think. There's plenty of days, and I just make really clear, like, I ain't there yet. Yeah. Like, I'm washing dishes because I want to get the thing done, and I want to go watch Netflix with my wife. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a minute. How can I reflect on my life yeah. in, in such a way where even these mundane tasks That's right. I, I learn to do for I, the glory of God? I um, And I get this wrong all the time, so this isn't like a saying I have this all together. But I, I actually think working for a church, there's a sense in which what I do as a pastor here a lot of folks who aren't in the church don't think much of it. Well, that's that's just his job, you know. But where I have gotten some comments are, um, I used to play a lot of basketball at the rec center, and I would think, you know, some days better than others about what does this look like? What kind of teammate should I be? How do I speak to others on the court? And one of the, like, it was, you know, it didn't happen every time, but I remember a moment where a student who I had known for a number of years, better player than me, came up to me and said, hey, you know, how do you not let it get to you when that guy is jawing at you? Because <laughs> right. it drives me nuts, and I notice that you can handle it. And hmm. and to me, that was a big win. Now, I played with him probably 100 times before this happened, but that he saw that. Or, more practically, this summer, and this one's little, but like I play a lot of disc golf, especially while I was on sabbatical, and so I made the decision... Uh, you know what, I'm speeding through this course, I'm playing it just for me. If someone's in front of me, I get kind of annoyed that they're going too slow. Right. If someone's lost their disc, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and I'm gonna look for their disc with them. And even if I don't finish my round, maybe that's what it would look like to try to give glory to God in the situation. Mm. So, so, so to answer your potential. question, Clint, I think it could look differently in, in a million different ways for every single one of us, but just the uh, what we're trying to get at here is being aware of that. And I think that dovetails to the third week which the big idea is sent people are led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, And maybe that's where we get that uniqueness. That It's not a Mm cookie-cutter approach to spirituality and and living as sent people. Yeah, what what did it mean in the New Testament when 
they wrote, I think the Holy Spirit was was stopping us preventing from going, us, preventing yeah. us is the yeah. term they use from going in a certain area. Like what? Why would the Holy Spirit prevent you from doing something that's good? And yet it's this, it's this walking in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. how do we know we're in the flow? How do we pay attention to that? How do we learn to live our lives that way? And mm -hmm. And listening to the Spirit is a huge part of that. And I think there's two extremes, right? There's picture a road with two ditches on either side. One ditch could be, like, I, I really don't care about what the Holy Spirit says. I read the scriptures, I, I follow Jesus, but I don't really pay much attention to, this, to the Holy Spirit. Or the other, other side could be like, well, I'm just going to wait until I make the next move because the Spirit's got to tell me everything. It's like, mm -hmm. well... What, is, what does life look like in the middle of the road where like every single day you're trying to pay attention? And, and as I do that, once in a while I hit it, you mm -hmm. know? Like once in a while it's like, oh, I could tell that I was in the flow there. I could tell the Holy Spirit was with me and empowering, you know, whatever it was I was doing. And then I can also tell when I'm not in the, <laughs> in the flow yeah. and I'm like out and I'm on, on a ditch on either side of the road. Um, but it takes time. It takes experience, I think, to learn that. And I think one thing that comes to mind for me where I'd like to keep this week in connection with the first week, Acts 1, 1 through 8, is so you could say, okay, we're, we want to be a church that sends. You could say, well, we sent Tyler and Rachel Ambrose, our first global mission. We did that. We sent it. And, and you could look at that example and think, oh, does that mean I have to go to the Philippines to live as a sent person? But even Acts 1, 1 through 8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, in that group of people who are being talked about there, some do go to Samaria. Some end up leading the Jerusalem church. It's, it's, I don't think it's so much about how far you can go and how impressive that is. I think it's about what is the Spirit saying to you? How is the Spirit leading you? And if the Spirit's leading you into Jerusalem, so to speak, go to Jerusalem. If the Spirit's leading you far away, go there. Dave, the Spirit's leading me to actually, I'm going to be the lead pastor now. I love that. I think that's great. Probably not here right away. But but he's but. leading me to do that. <laughs> what, right. Why are you like denying the Holy Spirit, man? Well, that's a good. That's good, and that's where you have to put discernment into that. You have to do it in community. This is in jest. Such a. I mean, I'd love a, if you wanted to be the lead pastor. To be quite honest, that's with part you. of why missionary. This sort of is our third series because before you're an individual who's sent, you're a part of mm. this larger community called the church that is sent, and so there should be a place for our others affirming that that seems what the Spirit's doing in your life. How does that square with what others are hearing in the community, and I think that's a part of it. Is the job available right now? Yeah, yeah, right. Those kind of things. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but you bring up a good point, because some people would say, well, God told me. They play what I call the God card. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it drives me insane, because how are you supposed to argue with that? Well, mm -hmm. God told me I'm supposed to buy that new Subaru. Well, what I usually do, and I know it's, they kind of think it's in jest, but in order to, I go, well, God told me you're not supposed to. So like where, now where do we go from there? You know what I'm saying? Like playing the God card. But it card. is interesting, though, because... The Holy yeah. Spirit told you you're supposed to apply for this job. Is the you're supposed to be the lead pastor? Well, the Holy Spirit told me not that you're not supposed to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now what do we do with that? I think you have to you have to get put yourself in the Word of God. You yeah. have to give yourself to community. You have to use discernment. Right. Because we are asking people. I would. I actually would like to hear people say that more often. Like I just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to do this. Yes. It's just like the example I gave was and rife it, with conflict. That's right. You know? But interesting. In some churches, they do do that a lot and maybe almost too much right i think here like at heart, battling for first chair in a 
junior high orchestra. Well, or, it's like it's almost like they give. We were supposed to keep the spirit, the father, and the son in equal balance. I think, and you know, even, we're probably a Jesus church. We're probably a little too heavy on the Jesus, and probably not heavy enough on the spirit. To be really honest. And I'd like us to pay more attention to that. I would like to. In other churches, I'd like to say to them, hey, back off of the Spirit a little bit. Give me a little more Father, a little more Jesus, right? Mm. Um, I think it's a, it's a good thing to evaluate that in ourselves. And I think, and I think um, you know, this week is kind of the where am I being sent. And so you, you mentioned like sort of a job title in your ingest example, which is also a little bit of like the what am I being sent to do? Mm. And that's where I think like the second week and the third week can work very well together. Because when we think about putting on the character of Christ and doing everything to the glory of God, well, there's a lot of situations where that's actually not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone wants to act, needs someone to listen to them, well, I don't know if you need to go to the Spirit and say, hey, would you have me be a compassionate, empathetic listener today? Okay. That probably is just something you do because it's what Jesus called us to do. And so, and there's certain things that we're told to do in the Word of God. Exactly. Like the Holy Spirit did not tell you that you should divorce your wife and go marry someone else. No, right. Holy Spirit couldn't have said that That's right. you know, in, in that particular case, or go kill someone. So, nope, Holy Spirit didn't say that. The Word says, so we got you know, to be a little careful. And, and so careful. just to be honest, like I think that's one of... I don't want to say the dangers of this series, but I think any time where you take maybe one message or one scripture in isolation, you can get yourself into a bit of um, hot water or a sticky wicket because Hmm. um, you're you're meant to read in such a way that incorporates these things together, that balances, that looks at how does the scripture interpret itself and and where is their wisdom. And so we need to practice that in this series as well. And then there is a fourth week, Ascending Sunday, will become a culminating moment. Yes. That you wanted to tease a little bit. Yeah. It's a surprise. Well, I don't want to give or, it away too much, okay. but this, you know, this is the uh, a Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. It's always a big Sunday around here, right? Because Saturday before Ohio State always plays Michigan. And people right. are a lot of people are out of town visiting family, but if you can at all get back for this, it'd be great if mm-hmm. you're uh, you know, online and you want to join in person. This would be a great week. We have got a little surprise for you. I'll tease it a little bit, and uh, a tremendous wow. opportunity for everybody that week. Let's put it that way. How's that sound? Yeah, Great good. way to end our series. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I'm excited, and uh, <laughs> okay. and I think you know. Keep in mind, like this is this is a couple weeks, um, so this won't be the be all end all. If we're gonna be a church that sends, it can't stop because we had a four week sermon series and a couple series one year. We're gonna keep talking about yeah, this. Yeah, like our leadership and our servant leader team saw our 10 year vision to be a church that sends. Yes. And so we spent this year talking a lot about it. Well, a church, the third a, a church that sends everyone. And mm-hmm. we did, we spent time talking about it. And I mean, just to be really honest, we made some good progress. Like I'm, you know, we sent our first global partner. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. We, mm-hmm. we, I hear more and more conversations of people asking about this. Like, what does that mean to be sent? You know, does that, does that mean that the business that I own, I could kind of pastor those people? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what that means. Uh, I've heard um, stay-at-home moms say, what does it mean for me? I've had conversations with them. Could I be sent to my own family? Like, could that be where I'm sent? Wow, imagine if that were. So I love having more and more of those conversations, and I think in large part it's because we've been, we've been talking about it, right, over the mm. course of a year. Well, thanks, guys. I think that's a good setup for this series, and I uh, hope you can join us uh, here in the month of November for the Scent Living as a Scent People. And thanks for watching another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. 
Appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and like the video. Maybe leave a comment just letting us know any questions you have or some thoughts. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Yeah.